Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognize their continuing connection to land, waters, and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. Welcome to This Song Is Yours, a music podcast where we chat to a new guest each week, talk about their life and creative endeavours, and talk to them about some of the music they love. Our show works by chatting to our guests about music, but also getting them to make you a playlist of the songs they love. You can find the link to our playlist in the show notes. Welcome to episode 69. I'm your host, Simon Fink. Our guest today is Bleachers. The indie rock band, fronted by Jack Antonoff, have just released their third studio record, Take the Sadness Out of Saturday Night. In today's episode, we're talking with Jack about how the pandemic shaped the record, collaborating with Bruce Springsteen, and his creative process. Here we go. Our guest today is the frontman of an indie rock band from New Jersey. On top of his work with Bleachers, he's a producer extraordinaire who's worked with artists like Lana Del Rey, Taylor Swift, and Lord. Please welcome to This Song Is Yours, Jack Antonoff from Bleachers. Good evening, where you are. Yeah, thank you. Morning, where you are. Yes, uh, where are you joining us from today? I'm calling from New York. Beautiful. And that's the, this is your your home studio? Yeah, you can see around me there's um, all my little things that kind of help me make the records. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm here all the time. It, um, I imagine that there's a lot of magic that, that happens within those four walls or that, uh, the five. Yeah. There's four. a lot of things that happens here where I'm like, Oh, that was so, that was so cool. <laughs> and, and, and sometimes I'm, uh, sometimes I'm right. And sometimes I'm wrong, but I, uh, I, uh, you know, look, look for that feeling wherever I can find it. Yeah, of course. Um, the new record from Bleachers take the sadness out of Saturday night is out now and available everywhere. Congratulations. That must be um, a really, really great feeling. It really is. It's the weirdest and best feeling. It's like, um, it's like you've, you've had like a two year conversation with yourself and took out the most important, scariest, most joyous, most everything parts of it. Uh, connected a sound to it that makes you feel like you can hear yourself, and then one day just just throw it out there. It's so it's so much, you know. It's a, it's like it would be like it's the equivalent of be like if you like met a stranger and you were just told them like the five darkest or craziest things about you. It's so vulnerable. There's no way in. Even if you put out singles, it doesn't matter. It's the album, still the album. There's no way in. It's just a mountain. It is uh, the. I feel like the long form player is a much more. Um, like expressive way of, of getting out how you feel and, and talking about those kind of things. I know that on Twitter you said that you actually felt heavy about releasing this album, about like having it out in the world. This isn't the first record from you. What, I guess, was the difference this time between like the previous Bleachers records? You know, you know yourself better and better and you, you I think if you're doing it right, you're cu- you cut closer and closer and closer and closer to these 
more vulnerable, more intense places of yourself. And so it, it just, you know, these things layer on top of themselves. The conversation gets deeper. I remember songs like on the first album, my first single was called I Want to Get Better. And it was almost like a cliff's notes of my life. I was just like literally... It was like an introduction, like, this is, what the, this is what's happening. Here's why I'm fucked up. Here's this thing. Here's this thing, you know, really framing the story. And then you get to a point where if you're going to stay really vibrant, you have to just go deeper and deeper. You can't really go anywhere else. And so in a weird way, in a weird way, you form, feel more calm because you feel more seen because you've, you're telling more of the story, but you also feel more heavy and anxious because you're telling more of the story. <laughs> and so that's, that's scary. Of course, I can I can imagine that it is um, quite an intense feeling, especially putting out the the songs that you have put out and the songs on this record. Um, I know before we were talking about the records and books behind me, Zadie Smith is on there who features on the opening track of the record, 91. I'm curious how that kind of collaboration came about because it's not, you're known for like working with Lana, with Taylor, but I think authors, is this the first time it's been a non-musical uh, collaboration in a way yep first time it hit me like a ton of bricks where i was just with her and playing her some stuff and i just had this thought of whoa whoa like you know what if you help me with these lyrics and i didn't say anything it's sort of <laughs> kind of i think a lot of times in those collaborative moments it's more about offering this like quiet permission where you just sort of like put that feeling out there where you let that person be like well what if you did this you know it, it's never too heavy a okay help me with this kind of vibe but um yeah it was just like uh having trouble framing this thing and all of a sudden i was thought who better it is i imagine that for her it's kind of a different workspace as well could you see yourself you're known for uh for writing and and as as we just discussed like putting um emotions and and like prose almost out there, would you look at possibly venturing into to that world outside of music of, of writing and being Jack Antonoff, the author? I don't know. I, 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 um, I do write a lot. Like sometimes if I'm stumped with something, I just start kind of writing and I write a lot about process. Um, but I don't know. I have no, I have no plans to, to do so at the moment. I feel much more connected to, at the moment to expressing through, through albums. Cause it really is a bit of the same thing. You know, you're, you're trying to capture something and you have like a tool that you do it through. For me, it's uh, music and lyrics. Um, so, you know, if I, if I write or if I, uh, even if I'm, if I draw, which I'm not very good at, it's still kind of like you, the most important part of it is still touching the same thing. Um, so I think it might be a little hard to try something else just because I, I feel like I've gotten very kind of like sharp at expressing things through music and I only want to make things sharper. So it might feel like a step back. That's very fair. I can understand that. Uh, the title, Take the Sadness Out of Saturday Night, it is one, it's a great title, but two, it does pop up in um, a few of the songs on the record. Is it? Would you say that it's a theme to the record? Yeah, I would say that sort of the basement, the darkest part of the album is a question, uh, which is sort of like, can you take the sadness out of Saturday night? What happens if you do? And what I mean by that is Saturday night means openness. It means anything's possible. And hope and openness for some of us comes with sadness. I'm one of those people. This sort of evil eye where anything good is, well, there's a bad counterpart. If you have something, you have something to lose. 
If you love something, you have something that can hurt you. And it's really no way to live. And, uh, you know, so when stop making us hurt, you know, it's if we take the sadness out of Saturday night, I wonder what we'll be left with, anything worth a fight. Um, in Chinatown, it's saying, uh, asking someone else to take the sadness out of Saturday night. So when I came to the album title, I knew that it was something like that, but I wanted it to be a little bit more like a billboard, like take the sadness out of Saturday night. A little bit of a hopeful twist on something that is actually way more complex in the album itself. The album kind of gives off this impression that it can be both uh, at times. I feel like there's, if, if you're wanting a Saturday night in, that it can be, it's kind of like a companion in a way. Some of the quieter songs are more introspective and more um, yeah. friendly. And then the, especially um, How Dare You Want More, that does feel like, uh, and I mean this as a compliment, it feels like a dive bar in the best way. <laughs> Oh, that's very much how I intend it. <laughs> it feels sweaty. Yeah, it, it feels sweaty in a way. Um, it was it was sweaty when we recorded it. We were we were sweating. <laughs> <laughs> I know that. Um, oh, what show was it? I think on Jimmy Fallon, you were saying that like when during the pandemic, sourdough bakers are making sourdough, and that kind of makes you want to you know go and do the opposite of what you're doing. Did you find <laughs> that um, with with that song, but with the record as well that? you're trying to, um, I guess, be a little bit more freewheeling in a way? Like the songs are a little bit more loose. Absolutely. Yeah. A hundred percent. You know, the, every, the, the, the rigid nature of the pandemic, you know, you can't go play, you can't go do this. It made me want to do all those things in my mind and in the studio. So, okay, you know, when the band's playing a hundred dates and doing all this and doing all that, you know, it can make you want to get in the room with a tiny drum machine and acoustic guitar and make a record that way. When you can't do that, all of a sudden you want to bring the, the, you know, the arena to the studio and you want to sweat in there. So there is this need for you're constantly flipping back and forth and, and finding this need for energy versus introspection, energy versus introspection. And you feel it in the records. This record hit me at the right time because the whole record was about breaking through into the next phase of your life or rather trying to break through and all the frustration and joy from that place when you want it, but you don't have it. That's where I wrote the record from. That shit has nothing to do with the pandemic, but I saw a lot of darkness in that. So I was producing the songs a little bit dark and the pandemic happened. Touring becomes fragile. I never thought touring was fragile my whole life. And all of a sudden it is sounds foolish now, but I didn't. And I thought to myself, oh, I want my band in the room. I want them to play. I want to, I just want to, I just want to like play with my friends. And we did. And we played like we, like, like you play when you're in that situation, which is with extreme passion and energy. And that anxiety and joy and passion became a character on the album that matched that sentiment of all the feelings of wanting to get to the next place of your life. And the band, the band became this character that is pushing me through. And I never would have had that without the pandemic. I would have, it would have sounded very different and it may have been beautiful, but it would have been very different and it would not have been this. And I'm oddly thankful just for this in this corner that I, I got to make it like this. Do you feel that that had also uh, like maybe pushed out into your producing work as well? Because I know that, um, again, famous for producing quite a lot of uh, great pop artists, but in the last maybe six months, there's been, um, 
what is uh, the St. Vincent record and most recently about a month ago, the Claro record, which is very, I feel like uh, not un-Jack Antonoff, but it, it was, I was surprised to listen to it and then. Oh, it's pretty, pretty out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah these, these things, I mean, Annie's record and Clara's record and my record and some of these things have been happening are coming from very different places. Uh, instrumentation, sentiment, feeling, all they're very, they're just coming from all over the place. And I, and I love that. I, um, it's kind of how you know you're onto something good is when you feel like you're in a, a place you haven't been before. What are these feelings? What are these sounds? <laughs> it's, a, it's a good feeling to have. <laughs> Um, Chinatown, as you mentioned before, um, it features, I would, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I'd say one of your musical heroes or, or at least one of the influences, um, Bruce Springsteen. I'm curious how that yeah, kind of you, came up. You could put those in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> um, like how that came about and yeah, what, um, what, what the experience was like. You know, all my collaborations come come about in a pretty organic way and i think that's why they can work is because it's never some plan uh and that you know i'd written that song i had a tape of it he's a friend of mine i was showing it to him one thing led to another we're messing with it i kind of didn't think a whole lot of it until a couple days later i was listening to it and i really heard it from the outside and i was like this song about literally driving over the George Washington Bridge into New Jersey, bringing someone home because you love them, bringing them into your, quote, shadow or your darkest place um, and the place that formed you. And then having Bruce come in on the second chorus and sort of usher the song into the next phase of euphoria as a person who has clearly influenced me greatly, who you could easily say I would never be able to write a song like Chinatown without his influence, and our friendship, the whole thing is just very, I was like, Jesus Christ, this really is all some kind of perfect storm. Um, and I just felt really proud of it and, you know, proud that we had sort of caught that lightning in a bottle. It is a great track. And obviously it is, um, I imagine it's incredible to work with one of your heroes um, when, when you have the opportunity. With the music media, I know that, um, ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Sometimes they have the ability, capacity, whatever, to, I think like 10 years ago, Connor Oberst was like the new Bob Dylan. And I feel like that in the last year or so <laughs> um, that it gets thrown around that Jack Antonoff is the new Springsteen. 
what are your opinions on that kind of, um, uh, and I would say it is a compliment, but yeah, I guess what I'm curious, what are your thoughts on, on those claims? Well, it's, uh, you know, he's influenced me greatly, but I don't intend to be anything kind of but myself. And, um, you know, there's, there's, there's influence inspiration flying around, but I, um, you know, have, uh, those are things that are easy for media to say, to just sort of contextualize something, <laughs> but you know, that's not really, <laughs> you know, you, you just want to chart your own course. Of course. Of course. Um, and I love, and I love, I love Connor Oberst and I love Bob Dylan, but in very different ways. And, uh, I see the influence, but I also kind of see it in, in a totally different way. And that's, uh, you know, some, yeah, you're kind of on your own shit, regardless of inspiration. Of course, of course, I can understand that. The the album, as we discussed, features uh, Bruce. It also features Lana Del Rey on one of the tracks. For you, who I imagine is an extremely well-connected gentleman, you've got, you know, plenty of contacts and, and friends and people everywhere. When you're sitting down to do a Bleachers record or you're looking at the Bleachers record as a whole, how do you pick and choose who you might have on there or what's going to um what's going to come from it so it's not a i imagine that you would never do a completely guest you're not dj Khaled. it's not going to be two guests on every track but um yeah how do you kind of workshop that or or decide well actually i have very very few guests on, on on things that i do um and it, it kind of decides itself because because I, I never intend to have guests. It's more just like as I'm working on things in the process, every once in a while, through some uh, happenstance moment, someone will, you know, do something on something. And then if it really works, I want to keep it. So, you know, sometimes things happen where somebody joins me on something that doesn't work. But, you know, you have to be sort of delicate about that because these albums are really, you know, I'm telling a story and I want it to cut through and, People can come in as characters, but they can't ever, um, you know, distract from from the story. And so, you know, this album has two guests that you can hear. My last album had one. Um, first album had two. So they're some pretty minimal spaces. And they kind of serve different purposes. Like, obviously, you know, we just talked about the Bruce one, the Lana one. She's almost this like dream of the person I'm talking to. For a, a minute, I thought Secret Life could be a duet. And then I realized it was a much more lonely song. And it's really just someone talking sort of in a mirror. But I like the idea of having this female voice all stacked and reverb that kind of makes it feel like um, this is the dream of the person we're talking about. When you have songs like that, like Secret Life, were they written in sessions by yourself or they written in sessions with Lana and then it kind of appears that the song is more of a, like a, a Bleachers track? Well, it's actually different. Lana didn't write Secret Life with me. Ironically, Lana wrote a song called Don't Go Dark With Me, which she doesn't feature on. <laughs> um, so it just sort of goes to show you that the idea of someone being present in the recording of a song versus helping you with the writing are very different. Yeah. Uh, Don't Go Dark, again it does have almost like a, a Springsteen-esque vibe to it. Um, has there ever been any discussion since the track? I know that it kind of happened organically, but that you and, Bri- uh, you and Bruce might possibly work together on on a future project or is that possibly under wraps? 
I, yeah, I don't talk about anything having to do with the future because, um, you know, as soon as you make a comment about the future, then, uh, <laughs> you're like calling the game too early or something. I can, I can respect that. I can very much respect that. Uh, I think that there is a, there's a TikTok that is going around at the moment that shows you working, um, in the studio with Taylor Swift. And this does kind of go back to your songwriting. I think it's for getaway car. And it appears that these lyrics just come to you quite quickly. And it's almost like yes, in this, uh, in this room. Yeah. <laughs> is that a, regardless of collaboration for you as Jack Antonoff, whether it's bleachers, is that a, like a usual thing for you? Will you just kind of have like little moments of like lightning, uh, strikes where inspiration hits and that you're writing these songs or do you sit down and focus on, on writing or is it a combination? Oh, there's just every different way in which it can happen, which is what's maddening and exciting about the work is you <laughs> never know how it's going to come into play. But that video, which has made the rounds is the only time that that lightning in a bottle moment has ever been captured on video. It's the only time. That was a real moment. We were just, this is shit was just flying all over the place. And the song was just, it's almost like you're not even doing it. It's like chant coming through you. We're just, it's the height of collaboration. That moment, you're just bouncing off each other and you're, you're writing, you're writing. You're, that's it. That's it. You just get it. It flies out. Um, and I've never seen that captured on video. I'm, I'm so happy she had her thing on. <laughs> it does look like an incredible moment that, that, that was captured. Um, yeah, it was really special before we were talking about being stuck at home, not being able to tour. Uh, I know that the U S is starting to open up. I think Lollapalooza was over the weekend. Uh, are you starting to be able to play shows or at least book shows for bleachers? Yeah, we got a tour coming up in September and, um, everything's sort of changing by the minute. So, uh, you know, we sold all the tickets and if it's safe, we'll be there. And that's, that's how it is these days. And hopefully I'll get to Australia as soon as humanly possible. I know things are tough down there and, you know, I love this record and I, and I want to kind of hand deliver it to the world. <laughs> I think that this record definitely is a, as you said, parts of the record feel sweaty. Um, it definitely does feel it like, a, yeah, a record that. It's, ah. it's not a, it's not a, it's not a sit on your blanket and drink wine at the concert. It's it's that's what bleachers does. And that's what we need. And that's how we do it. And we don't do it any other way. So it's going to be, you know, whenever the time is, we'll be ready. It definitely is a, a, a live album and we are very, we're very excited to, to have you down here. Um, do you have many memories? I know that you would have come here as part of fun, but as bleachers, uh, have you been down to Australia before with the solo project? Yeah, we came down, we opened for Paramore, on the last album. Um, right. But I really want to come down and just headline a whole bunch of shows. It's, you know, it's really what we do is you need to get up there and do our whole thing and, <laughs> you know, kind of have it be our night. I think that there's quite a lot of um, excitement and buzz from Australian fans from what I've gotten in my research and everything for today. Uh, is it? Yeah. I have is, no idea if, if we played shows, if a hundred people would come or a thousand, I have no clue. <laughs> I think you're probably leaning towards a thousand at this point. <laughs> okay. Two thousand. I reckon we could do 2000. Yeah. Oh, easy, easy. Okay, great. Then why not three, four, five? Let's go. You give me the call and let me know when you're coming and I'll make sure that we've got at least two to 3000 people there. I'll, I'll door okay. knock if I have to. I'm going to lean on you for this. <laughs> um, Jack, lastly, we would usually chat to our guests about what they're currently listening to. 
um, what is currently in your stereo and what's getting a, a spin? New Wolf Alice album, so good. Um, the Claude album, Super Monster, is so good. Those are the two things I can't stop listening to. When you are listening to new music, how do you, because I imagine that you have so much music thrown at you in the, posi- uh, in the position that you're in. How do you kind of sift through new music or how do you find new music? I don't often find that much new music because I'm pretty focused on what I'm doing and I'm really just sort of uh, working on the things that I'm working on and pushing them forward and pushing them forward. And if I get a break from it, I want to hear it, you know, when I'm out there, when I'm driving, when I'm walking. I just So I just, I get in these phases of being real focused. But then every once in a while, I'll, I'll just catch something. Someone will send me something. I'll hear it somewhere. Shit will just come on somewhere and I'll be like, what the fuck is that? I love that. What is that? I got to know what that is. Do you find, uh, very quickly, uh, I know we were talking before about the records, do you find yourself still in like um, like a physical medium, being able to go through and do you ever go record searching or anything like that? Oh, completely. I um, have a huge record collection and always have, and it's a wonderful way of saying I love this. This, this is good enough to take up space in my home. <laughs> you know, it's a different form of expression than, you know, making a playlist. There's uh, so much at stake when you spend your money and you have the thing. And clearly people are not sick of that because we can't make enough vinyl to sell it as an industry. You know, so it's a beautiful thing. Last question, I promise. Uh, where is the best place to buy vinyl in New York? In New, well, in New York, well, my favorite place in, was in New Jersey. It's called Vintage Vinyl and they actually closed two days ago. <laughs> oh, nice. But shout out to Vintage Vinyl. It was also the only place where every band I've ever been in has played on the stage in that store. That's very, or that's, I'm, I'm very sad to hear that, but again, shout out to Vintage Final and um, Jack, congratulations on Take the Sadness Out of Saturday Night. It is a great record and thank you again for your time today. Thank you so much. Lovely to talk to you one day in person. And that's our show. A massive thank you to Jack Antonoff for his time. Take the Sadness Out of Saturday Night is out now and we've left links in the show notes if you'd like to buy or stream the record. We also want to give a huge shout out to Anastasia and Bronwyn from Sony Music Australia for helping out with today's interview. You can find a link to our Spotify playlist in the show notes where you'll be able to listen to all of our guests' picks. If you like this show, please subscribe wherever you get your pods and stay up to date when new episodes are released. We release new shows each Thursday and Friday morning with guest playlists streaming on Spotify at the same time. You can follow the playlist profile on Spotify. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Until next week, cheers. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.